or praise reports. When you need God to move in your life or you want to thank Him for what He's already done, it is our privilege to partner with you in prayer every Tuesday morning as the pastoral staff. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Enjoy the rest of the service. Okay, I feel like I don't even need a microphone because we could just be all right here in the front row and we could all hang out and have a little party. But I think we should anyway. We should hang out, have a little party right down front this morning because, you know, we're the brave. Marcus said I should tell everyone there's free Starbucks if you make it to church. I wish I could fulfill that for you. But maybe more would brave the, the weather. Thank you guys for coming this morning. We're so happy that you're here. Um, it's just so fun to gather on Sunday mornings. We're so blessed. And I've just been reading some things about what are happening in China and the churches in China and the persecution that the government's sort of bringing on them. And we, it helps us remember how, how wonderfully blessed we are here. We're so uh, fortunate to be able to, to do this, to hang out, to greet each other, to, to gather in the name of Jesus. So as you guys know, one thing I'm going to share with you is we need your help each one of you, our winter, winter shelter network is starting up at November 1st is when it starts beginning the month of November. It goes through the end of, I believe it's March. And we need overnight host. So this is our program. Some of you know about it, some of you don't, but when there's nights like this, we have a number of people that are homeless in Douglas County. They sleep in their cars, but when it's cold, car sleeping is not okay. And so um, we host them here one night a week, I think, is that right? Saturday nights still? Saturday nights till Sunday morning. And we have a lot of volunteers for hanging out with them, playing with the kids, because there's women and children only that come and stay at our facility. But we need people that will stay the night and they'll just sleep and just, just do the night shift. And they're here in case something comes up or anybody needs help in the night. So if you are willing or able to do that, please, uh, Lindy will be, Pastor Lindy will be out in the foyer with a table. You can ask her questions and find out more. So Winter Shelter Network, we want to bless those who don't have a place to live, a place to stay in the winter months especially. And we feed them too. You get to hang out, get to know them. Um, and then we're going to pray. So we're going to pray for Summit Church. This is where we pray for a church in the city. We're one church reaching this place for the Lord. And so it's Pastor Wayne Hansen. I can't even see that light. I think it's Hansen. Did I say it right? Okay, good. Wayne Hansen. And he's at Summit Church, so they're right here close by. We want to lift them up this morning. And then we all know Todd White with Lifestyle Christianity. He's been here, and um, we want to lift him up as their ministry is growing in Dallas. So if you'll bow with me, we'll just join together. Lord, we thank you that we get to come this morning, worship you, and thank you for your creation and your creativity. We love how you change seasons. And just like you change seasons, you change seasons in our lives, Lord that you change things that look one way one minute. You can turn it around and make it look totally different, Lord. And we thank you and we give you glory for your all creative power. This morning, we lift up Summit Church, Wayne Hansen and his congregation, his family. We ask that you would bless them abundantly, give them wisdom, give them understanding, bring the finances they need to continue to go forth to reach this world for your kingdom, Lord. And we thank you for Todd White and his wife Jackie and their family and Lifestyle Christianity and the outreach and the ministry and the impact that they're having throughout the world. I thank you for their hearts to unabandonedly go after you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that um, you are so good, that you're gracious and you're kind. 
We thank you we get to come and sing. I thank you that we get to be family this morning together and just worship you and dance. And we, uh, we just say all these things in your name. Amen.
This is my confidence Is your faithfulness I will rest In your promises My confidence Is your faithfulness I will rest In your promises My confidence Is your faithfulness And I will rest In your promises My confidence Is your faithfulness
between us How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name into the night And through the darkness Your loving kindness Tore through the shadows of my soul The work is finished The end is written Jesus Christ, my living hope. Oh, 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 Of death and 
Faithful you are 
promises are yes and amen. And all your promises are yes and amen. Sing it again.
shout to the Lord. Thank you, Lord. great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. This is the important part. So we must let go of every wound that have pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon's race with passion and determination for the path has been already marked out before us. And the, the notes say, we have to get rid of every arrow tip within us. The implication is carrying an arrow tip inside is a wound that weighs us down and keeps us from running our race with freedom. Amen. Before we finish worship, I just want us to just close your eyes. And just take a deep breath. Sometimes we just get so caught up with the mindset of the world that we forget the freedom that we have in Christ. So I was reading this this morning in Revelation 19. Here's the thing, we're the, the bride of Christ. Sometimes I think we forget that we're actually the bride of Christ. And he's our bridegroom and he's coming back for his bride that is spotless, that is blameless, that is holy. And this is who's coming back. In Revelation 19, it says, I saw heaven standing open and there before me, was a white horse. Whoops. Yeah. Says, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice, he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dripped in blood and his name is the word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, which is a sign of righteousness. It says white and clean, and out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. Remember, this is our bridegroom coming for us. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, 
he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. As I was praying this just through worship, I felt like that there were some of us that just need that, that breakthrough of the victory that's already been given to us. But somehow we're, we're just caught up right now. We're, we're feeling the weight, the heaviness of the world around us. So I wanna pray for specifically for you. And if that's you, will you just raise your hand? If you're just feeling that weight right now, I just want those that are feeling it just to come around. Will you guys just come around them right now? Some of it you can justify, and I think for some of you, actually, you can't even justify it. You don't even know what it is. You don't know what that weight is. You don't know what you're feeling, but you're just feeling this heaviness. This is not from the Lord, and we just want to break this right now. And it's a shift in the mindset. This is where the body of Christ comes around each other. We come together. We lift each other up by the power of the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of us. So Lord, right now, we come before you. Lord, I thank you for those that have raised their hands that are saying, I need help right now. I thank you for those that are around them that are the body of Christ, that we would, we would lift them up right now. Lord, we thank you for your strength. We ask you right now for just a shift in the mindset, that we would understand that we are more than conquerors and it's through Christ who gives us everything, who gives us strength, who gives us all that we need on this earth for right now, for this time. So Lord, as we lay hands on these people, on each one of these people that have raised their hands, Lord, would you lift them up? Holy Spirit, would you lift them up right now? Would you begin to shift the mindset? Just as it says, the Spirit of God understands the deep thoughts of the Father. Lord, would you reveal those thoughts to each person right now? Would you reveal those thoughts? That we would have the mind of Christ, that we would understand that we are victorious because of Christ. So Lord, every weight, everything that hinders us, as it talks about in Hebrews 12, we throw it off right now. By the power of the Holy Spirit, we throw it off, we bind it, and we break it right now in Jesus' name. We break it right now in Jesus' name. We'll release your peace right now, the peace that passes all understanding. But I pray that it would guard the hearts and minds of every person in this place. Shift our mindset that we would dwell on you, that we would dwell on those lovely things, those admirable things those noble things that only come from you. Lord, I thank you that as we do this, as we follow after you, as Paul says, imitate me, that out of that, Lord, that you would actually dwell with us, that you would dwell with us. It says that the God of peace would dwell with us. Lord, we pray your peace right now in this place. Release your peace right now across this place. We thank you for the song that we just sang that says all your promises are yes and amen. Lord, in 2 Corinthians, it says that all your promises are yes, to which we reply, let it be so. We reply with that amen, let it be so, according to your will, according to your purposes. Lord, would you establish that right now in our hearts, in each one of our hearts. 
Lord, we thank you for a permanent shift that's happening. This isn't where we sway back and forth. This is the permanent shift that begins to happen right now. I thank you that we now establish the mindset of Christ in our hearts. Thank you that we are marked with the Holy Spirit, who's a deposit of what's to come. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lead us and guide us. We thank you that we're your children. Lead us and guide us. We ask you for that in Jesus' name. Thank you for your peace. We thank you for your love. Christ was the punishment for our peace. Thanks be to God who's given us the victory. In Jesus Christ was the punishment for our peace. Thanks be to God who's given us the victory. In Jesus Christ was the punishment for our peace. Thanks be to God, who's given us the victory. In Jesus Christ was the punishment for our peace. Thanks be to God, who's given us the victory. In Jesus Christ was the punishment for our peace, thanks be to God, who's given us the victory. In Jesus Christ was the punishment for our peace. Thanks be to God, who's given us the victory. In Jesus Christ was the punishment for our peace. Thanks be.
1 Corinthians 15, right at the end. It says, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? It says, the sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. And this is what we just said, saying, but thanks be to God. He gives us the victory yes. through our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you that we have the victory through your Son. We thank you for that victory that comes only by your Son. Oh, that death would have no sting in our lives. Thank you, Father, that you're establishing that mindset in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Just a few things. We're going to receive an offering. Uh, we talked a little bit about this last time, and I was told I need to let you guys know again. We're we have a new system called uh, PushPay that has uh, that we've set up, and so now it's if you're paying by credit card, it's much easier to do this. You can actually just do it online. I think we have a a link. There it is. Uh, <laughs> got the wrong one. <laughs> If you're really fast, you can follow that and you can <laughs> figure out how to do it. But basically on the left, it's just send the text to 77977 and then uh, The Rock Give and that'll get you going. That'll get you all set up to do that. We're going to pray as we pray every week for something specific over this community. We're going to pray for family this morning and, uh, and specifically for the children. And so we're praying across all the churches in Castle Rock in this entire region as we do this. So would you engage your hearts in this as, as we pray together and as we just come before the Lord as we receive the tithes and the offerings this morning. So Father, we, we do come before you. Lord, we thank you. Thank you that your son is coming, the bridegroom, to take his bride. We thank you that we are that bride. We are the chosen ones, as it talks about in Ephesians. Lord, we thank you that we're family. And even in this family, Lord, we thank you that you have established your family and you're establishing your family in this place right now. And this morning, we pray specifically for the children in this area. And that I would call that the children and the youth and even the, the young adults, those in their, in their 20s, Lord, we, we ask you right now for your protection over them. We call out for your blessings to be upon them. We say strengthen them in the Lord right now. We thank you that as, as fathers and as grandfathers and as great-grandfathers, Lord, we, we say that we will commit to pray for the next generation. We will commit to raise up the next generation. We will commit to speak into the lives of those that are being raised up. Encourage them, strengthen them, disciple them, mentor them in the ways of the Lord. So, Father, we thank you for that. Psalm 112, 1 and 2 said, Blessed, blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his command. Their children will be mighty in the land.
and the generation of the upright will be blessed. Father, we thank you for that promise. And to that promise, we say, amen. Let it be so. Lord, I ask you to bless also every person in this place, everyone who's watching online right now, who's staying at home and warm. <laughs> Lord, we just pray your blessing as we give this morning into, into your kingdom. Or we say once again, establish what you want to establish in this place. Use us in a mighty way. Lord, I thank you for generous hearts. I thank you for the harvest that is coming. I thank you, Lord, that you're increasing the labors in this season. And so, Lord, as these funds come in, Lord, I pray that you continue to bless us, that we can be even a greater blessing in this community, that we can impact those in this area, in the surrounding areas, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Lord, that's our calling, that we would make a difference, that we would be disciples, that we would go, we would preach the gospel. Give us that boldness that we would fearlessly proclaim the mysteries of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Well, we have a special treat this morning. Uh, but before I talk about that, I'm just going to let you know about a few other things. This Friday and Saturday, uh, guys, say this Friday and Saturday. All right, that's not very good. <laughs> Let's try it again. This Friday and Saturday. Fervent 24. We're going to be praying together. We're going to be seeking the Lord. We're going to be fasting uh, from Friday at 7 o'clock until Saturday at 7 o'clock p.m. And so we're going to start with a worship service on Friday night uh, at 7 o'clock. We're going to be worshiping the Lord. We're going to be spending time in prayer together. We'll spend the first few hours in here, and then we'll be going into the multi-purpose room. Uh, we'll be going through the night, so those of you who want the night watch, uh, there's, I think we've got about 12 people right now that have committed <laughs> But I'm praying there's going to be more. Those, these are the overnighters that are going to go all through the night. Uh, and so if that's, if that's you, come overnight. But come for, just come for an hour. Come for two hours. Just be a part of this. And then we're going to finish it from 5 to 7 on Saturday with a time. We feel like the Lord's going to do healing on Saturday. And so uh, we're, it's going to be a time of just ministry and healing and prayer and worship to the Lord as we finish up the 24 hours of prayer and fasting. What's that? Bring the sick. Yes, if, if you know someone who's sick, bring them at 5 o'clock on Saturday uh, and uh, watch what God does. <laughs> What's that? Bring them now. Yes, <laughs> bring the sick. Not right this second, but what after the service. <laughs> um, also, we're doing baptisms next week, so I want to, if, if you would like to get baptized uh, it'll be warmer next week. So, um, but uh, right after this service, you guys, there's going to be just a kind of a training uh, to just to go through the the baptisms in the multi-purpose rooms off to your left there. So, um, you're welcome to be a part of that. Well, without further ado, I we have who is now a, a good friend who have <laughs> I've gotten to know, uh, Darren Wilson. Why don't you come up, Darren? Uh, you guys give Darren a big hand. We're saying. He picked the coldest day 
of the year so far here. So uh, we're like, welcome to Colorado. He's from Greenville, South Carolina. And uh, so he has flown in to be with us. This was probably the shortest notice ever as well, uh, about eight days notice. Uh, and so the Lord just said, hey, this is something that we're supposed to do. So this was awesome that he was willing to come and be with us this morning. So without further ado, I will turn it over to Darren. One last thing. We do have, we're going to have buckets in the back. We want to bless. You'll get to experience and hear what Darren uh, does, but uh, we want to bless his ministry, the things he does, and actually invest into this. And so we're going to have buckets in the back. You can make your checks out to the rock, and everything that goes into there will bless Darren and, the minist- and their ministry. Oh, and the, well, and I was going to have Darren talk about that, but don't forget, 6 o'clock tonight is Finger of God too, and I'll let Darren talk a little bit about that. Thank you. All right, everybody. Are we awake? You better be awake. I'm going to wake you up. Uh, Thank you for uh, rolling out the uh, red carpet of weather for me. I appreciate that. I come from, uh, it was 80 degrees when I left Greenville yesterday. And uh, now there's this. So I will not be back. So (laughs) that's true. We did, I did just have a hurricane in my backyard, that's true. All right, um, yeah, so we got a movie tonight. Um, and you all, you all need to come or I'm going to actually show up at all of your houses. Knocking on your door asking you where you are. No, uh, this is, if you guys can make it tonight, you're definitely going to want to make it. It's 6 o'clock. Uh, it's uh, our newest film, Finger of God 2. It actually hasn't been released yet, so it's actually kind of where we're, we're, right now we're on tour all across the U.S., um, and uh, it's just it's great that I was able to come out here and, and be a part of your guys' showing tonight. Um, so it's, uh, it doesn't actually get released until like December, I think. So you can actually watch it like two months early. But uh, I actually, um, are we going to show, the tra- do we have a trailer? Do we have the trailer ready? All right, can I show you guys the trailer real quick and get you, get you fired up? I think the big story is that he's pursuing us. And anyone who would watch this is only watching because he's in pursuit of them. If you're really going after the Father's heart, I mean, <laughs> what are you going to find? You're, you're going to find the most loving person in the universe. You don't learn him as a shield until you stare down the arrows and wait for him, maybe at the last minute, to come up and protect you. The arrows are coming in the sky, but will you trust him enough to wait? We make deals with God. We're like, God, if you give us more power, then we'll go. But you know what? God says this. He says, you go and I'll give you more power. There are people who are perishing, and all we have to do is have confidence enough to say, do you want Jesus right now? giving myself for the one thing, the one thing that's worth giving myself for in all of history, in all the world, one thing worth dying for, I'm here doing it right now. Jesus didn't heal the sick to prove that he could. He healed the sick to prove that we could. He did miracles to show us how we can live our lives. Faith is one thing. But I think relationally, trust almost goes beyond 
faith. You're totally free from accusation and perfect in Christ. He put his blood all over you. He shed his blood to make you perfect. Look, is Jesus real or is he not? Is, is the Holy Spirit real? Is the Father God? Is he real? Is, are they going to come into the room when we say come into the room? Can we, can we come? May we lay hands on Yeah, it's, I can brag on it because I didn't actually direct this one, so uh, I, I just helped, I produced it and oversaw it, but uh, it's really, it's really good, it's really, really powerful. Um, on tour, we've seen some crazy stuff already, like lots of people getting saved, um, lots of people getting healed while actually just watching the movie, like, of like physical stuff, like it's been, it's been odd, but uh, it's a good odd, it's a God odd, so... Um, so anyway, so I, I actually brought uh, a few, I have a few movies with me, uh, we'll have a, a few more tonight, it's very limited supply though, uh, but I want to know who like super duper struggled to like come to church today, like it was like, man, I don't think I can do this, I am like, I am dying, you probably got, you got in a fight on the way here with your spouse, I've got, I've got a waving, wiggling hand right here, come on, ma'am, you can come up in the pink, I think that's pink. Awesome. See, it pays sometimes to fight back at the devil when he doesn't want you to go, you to, go to church. There you go. Woo! DV, all right. Okay. Um, what time is it? Oh. All right. I'm going to talk for the next two hours about... Um, no, I'm teasing. Um, we're going to have a little bit of fun. Hope that's okay. I know it's church. We'll try to, try to pretend we're not in church and actually have some fun. Um, but uh, uh, I need your permission, before I get too far on this, uh, I need your permission to be honest. Is that okay? Understand what you're saying. Understand who you're talking to. Uh, I am not a preacher. I'm a filmmaker and storyteller. And I only know, I only know one way, and that is like straight, straight as an arrow and... Uh, uncomfortably honest. So that's what we're going to be. And, um, you know, if you don't like it, uh, you'll never see me again. So it doesn't really matter. But, uh, no, so how many of you guys know, though, that um, what you think in, in a large part defines what you do? It, well, I should say it decides what you do. And in many ways, it, it, it sort of defines who you are. Um, but, you know, it was funny, I was, I was filming one of my television shows. Um, by the way, for those of you who don't know me, I'm a filmmaker. Uh, I, make, I make movies about God. Um, and um, I was filming a, a television show, and uh, I had a former Muslim on there. And we were talking about, I think it was, uh, I think it was Will Hart had said something to him. He's like, you know, what we need are, are more, more people who are willing to die for their faith. And um, the, the former Muslim spoke up. He's like, actually, I disagree with you. He's like, I, I know many people. Um, who believe the wrong thing, and they believe so fervently that they're willing to go blow themselves up and kill a bunch of other people because they really believe that that's what God wants them to do, and they are more than willing to die for their faith. He says, well, in fact, what we actually need are people, more Christians who are willing to live for their faith. 
and actually live it out and not just show up once a week and think we're good. And uh, so I'm just going to, if it's, I'm just going to kind of tell you guys a little bit of my story. Um, and um, because I was that, I was that guy for about 30 years. I was the guy who just showed up because I was supposed to. Uh, grew up in the church. Anybody else here grow up in the church? All right. I feel your pain. <laughs> we will be having sozo after service for all of you. No, I... Look, there's a lot of good stuff that comes from growing up in the church, but there's also, there's, there's a little bit of baggage sometimes, especially if you come, like I did, from a, a background where, um, let's just say the Holy Spirit was um, not super welcome. Um, he was just kind of, uh, we never, we, like, I don't recall ever, ever hearing a sermon or talking about the Holy Spirit ever growing up, ever. Um, because it just was like, it's, it, that's just, it gets things too messy. When you let him in the door, he get, he, you know, he's kind of a, he's a rascal. So, uh, he messes up the order of things. But, um, but actually, so what I wanted to do today though, is I'm, I'm, what, everything I'm going to talk to you about is based on basically one verse. Um, it's John 14. And 15. I'll just read it really quick so you guys understand. This is basically my life verse. This is everything. Everything that I create, write, film, it all comes down to this. And so this is Jesus talking to his boys. And it says, you're my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. Now, that's, 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 a nice, that's a nice verse that we like to look at. Um, but I, this is now my life's verse, but this was also one of the verses in the Bible. And there's, there's, there's a lot of stories in the Bible that used to keep me from wanting God to get too close to me in my life. Because I would look at this, and I didn't look at this like, oh, it's so sweet. Jesus calls me his friend. I looked at, you're my friends if. Okay, not like, it, not, you're, not, you're just my friends because you're amazing. You're my friend if. If what? If you do what I tell you to do. It's getting quiet in here all of a sudden. It's about to get real. So here, here's what I used to believe about God. And I, look, I have spoken in hundreds of churches around the world. And everywhere I go, it's the same thing. 80 to 90% of who I talk to are struggle with what I'm going to talk to you guys about today, of everybody. <clears throat> I grew up, I always believed in God. I don't remember a day not believing in God. And I knew, I knew that God loved me. I knew it. I mean, it's the first thing, you know, first thing I ever learned. First song I ever learned, Jesus loves me, this I know, right? It's like, I never doubted God's love for me, but I was pretty convinced he didn't like me very much. You know, I felt like, like God loved me because he had to. Because his, because, and I knew Jesus loved me. Jesus, I was cool with Jesus all the time. And it's funny, most of the, most of the world is cool with Jesus. They have a problem with one of two things. They either have a problem with the Father or they have a problem with you. 
That's kind of what the world, that's what we're dealing with, right? Most people that I encounter, if they don't believe in God, they don't care, or they, you know, they're just, they're not a believer. They're like, Jesus is cool, but like, man, you're his followers, you know. Or God, like if God's so good, why, why does this happen? Why does that happen? But um, I, believe, I used to believe that, that, you know, Jesus was the one who loved me. He was like my big brother. And, and God was always like this. Like he was ready to pound me because, you know, because of all the mistakes that I constantly make. And the only reason he didn't pound me is because Jesus, my boy, was always there like, uh, Dad, hold up. You can't, you can't, you can't keep spanking him. I died for that, right? But again, so it was always this kind of like uneasy truce between like me and me and the father. Um, and so I, I again, I, I used to believe that God, these are the things I used to believe about God. I used to believe that God was the most selfish person in the universe. That he just, all he wanted was to get his way. I mean, you read verses like that. You're my friends if, if you do what I, if you do what I tell you to do, I'll be friends with you. If you don't do what I tell you to do, no, we're not friends. That's how I interpreted it. Uh, I thought he was super distant. I mean, why else would he be invisible? Right? Anybody ever wonder about that? Am I the only one who, like, is frustrated by the invisibility cloak? That's, that's just, I, I remember being a kid. I'm like, God, that's a lifetime of, lifetime of service. I'll give you a lifetime of service. Just give me three seconds. I just want three seconds. Let me see. You can you just you do the Moses thing. I'll just look at your back. That's cool. I'm nothing. I thought he was cold and clinical. Again, he was all about getting, getting what he wanted accomplished. He was very rigid, my way or the highway. Um, I thought he was extremely demanding. Um, that's why I never really wanted to get close to him. I, saw, I read the Bible. I saw how he treated his friends. I wanted nothing to do with that. I spent most of my life uh, trying to find what I call the sweet spot of Christianity. And I think most of you guys are there too. Um, Sweet spot of Christianity looks something like this. You do just enough Christian stuff. You read your Bible. You go to church. You uh, occasionally pray for somebody. You do just enough to make yourself not feel like a total spiritual loser. Right? But you also realize that the closer he gets to you in your life, the more dangerous he becomes. So now what would, it becomes this, this, like, this uneasy, this thing of trying to find, like, how can I do enough to not feel like, a, like you know, like I'm, I feel like I'm still actually a Christian versus, like, it, but I got to keep you over there. Because when you get too close, I see what you do to your friends, and I don't want anything to do with that. I mean, I grew up, again, I grew up in church, guys. And it's like, I mean, every church, at least the church where I grew up, like once a year they'd have Missionary Sunday. And that's where they'd have all the missionaries that were supporting. They'd all come in and they'd all tell you their stories. And, and it was like, it was just, it was horror fest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was not, like, it wasn't happy. It was suffer, suffer, and more suffer. Uh, but, you know, praise Jesus. Like he sees us through. Like we're just giving everything. We lay everything on the altar. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a joy and a privilege to suffer for him. Um, you can make your checks out, too, right? It was like, kind of like, and I'm just, I'm like, who, who wants to do this? Who wants to sell out for this? Like, I really like a comfortable bed. I enjoy sports a lot. And I really like air conditioning. 
wanted nothing to do with that. I thought he was absolutely humorless because, you know, church. <laughs> I'm not talking about your guys' church, by the way. Uh, and I just, I just believe more than anything, he, he wanted something from me. And that was the, that was the bugaboo for me. Because, you know, again, I saw, I would, I would watch, you know, and there's one guy in the Bible in particular, and I actually, my, whole, my second book that I wrote is all about all the, all the stuff in the Bible that scared the living daylights out of me, and how I had to, how the Lord worked me through, you know, what true friendship with him looks like. Um, but uh, there's this guy named Abraham, you may have heard of him. Um, and uh, there's, there's one story in particular in the Bible that just just had a problem with. Um, and uh, you may know it. I'll, I'll give the, the quick paraphrase version. Um, one day, God says, Abraham, and Abraham says, yes. And he says, uh, hey, I uh, want you to do something for me. Okay, Lord, what you got? Uh, here's what I'd like you to do, buddy. Uh, I would like you to take uh, your one and only son, who you love, um, and uh, whom, through whom all the promises that I've given you are going to come. Uh, I'd like you to go on a three-day hike with him. Um, do not tell his mother. Uh, but I'd like you to, if you read it, he leaves early the next morning. He I don't think he told Sarah. I think he's, he's splitting before he has to tell her what he's about to do. But um, that's neither here nor there. I'd like you to go on a three-day hike with your boy. Uh, at the end of that hike, I would like you to tie him up, uh, and put him on uh, a rock, and uh, I'd like you then to uh, stab him in the heart and burn him up. And uh, if you do that, buddy, um, it'll show me that you love me. Okay. Uh, growing up, everybody apparently had a, everybody was cool with this story. I, I, have a, I have a vivid recollection of being in Sunday school um, and coloring, and it was, a, it was a scene of Isaac carrying the wood on his back that his father was going to use to burn him after he killed him. I'm coloring the wood, you know. I need more brown. Everybody's fine with this story, apparently. Except for me. I'm like, what is this? It's the most twisted story in the Bible. But it's like, it's, like a, it's like a cornerstone of faith. Like everybody lifts up Abraham as like, oh, Father Abraham had many sons. And I was like, look. If that's how you treat your friends, you're going to stay over there, right? Because this is what you do. And yes, I know, yes, yes, yes. He, he never was going to make him go through with it. He, never was, he was never going to let him do it. But who's the guy in the story who doesn't know the end of the story? It's Abraham, right? And so I would, I would struggle with this. I was like, God, this is like literally, I get that you weren't going to make him do it, but this is like psychological torture. Like, to me, it really was. And it's like, how could you do this, right? And I just, I can't get close to a God who's going to ask that kind of stuff from me.
And I knew he wanted something from me. And I knew what he wanted was probably the thing that I cared about the most. And I had seen enough missionaries and heard enough of them say, tell me their, their horror stories to know, yep, he's going to take it. Whatever it is, he's going to take it. And that's how you prove that you love him. Well, I was fine with just liking him. I don't need to love you. I'm going to just like you. And I'm going to believe the right things so I can go to the right place. And the rest of my life was, let's white-knuckle this thing. Let's be as kind of a person as I can. Let's try not to cuss too much. Um, let's uh, be, you know, be nice. And let's go to church. And let's just keep everything even, even steep. Right? Let's be as good of a Christian as I can be. <clears throat> See, I was a skeptic. I was a, I was a college professor for 13 years. And um, I was the most dangerous kind of skeptic, though. I was a, I was a skeptic who actually knew his Bible. And uh, those guys, you got to watch out for them because they will not listen to you. <laughs> uh, and I didn't listen to anybody. I just, I judged everybody, everybody and everything. Um, and I just, no, I'm just going to keep you at a distance. So that's pretty much how I decided to live my life. And that's when uh, around 30 years old is when, uh, that's when the weird stuff started to happen. Uh, to me, and uh, I eventually became a crazy person. So I'm going to tell you the story about how I became a crazy person. Um, and my goal, my wish, and my desire is that all of you in here become crazy people very, very soon, um, and let down that wall. Um, because here's the thing: I was afraid that he wanted to take something from me, and uh, I was totally wrong. He actually wanted to take everything from me. Um, but he wanted to actually do something with it. See, I, I was looking at friendship with God through an acquaintance's eyes. And I think, I think the vast majority of Christians today, I, I think most Christians truly love the Lord. I don't think we have a loving God problem. I think we have a trusting God problem. I think most people that I meet, you, man, they love the Lord. They will worship with the best of them. But when it comes down to it, like, I'm not sure I trust you, God. I'm not trust what you're going to do. I'm not trust what you're going to say. I want to, but I'm a little freaked out. So, um, like I said, I was a college professor for 13 years, so I'm a fairly smart, rational person. Um, but my, my faith was very much stuck up here. It, it, it had not made the long journey down to here. Um, and, uh, but early 2000s, my family discovered this strange little church in Toronto. And uh, a lot of weird things were happening up in this place. And, uh, and I was hearing a lot about them. And I visited there once and vowed never to return because it was where truly the crazy people resided. Uh, but there was, uh, there was something called revival happening up there, apparently. And uh, all I knew is that I visited there once, and the revival sure looked weird. And uh, I would prefer just to be normal, thank you. But uh, my family was getting rocked. My family was getting changed. My dad was delivered of a 40-year secret addiction to pornography in the twinkling of an eye. Um, my aunt and uncle went there. Their marriage was, uh, was pretty much at the end. Um, they were desperate. They said, God, you have to show up. You have to do something. 
Uh, we're, we're going to Toronto to just because we hear you're there. Uh, they showed up and uh, they both walked out of uh, church service uh, with gold teeth. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, didn't quite know what to do with it either. Um, what, I mean, what I mean by that, for those of you who've never heard of this, uh, they went in with like normal teeth and they walked out with gold teeth. Like their teeth were turned into gold. Uh, my aunt had one, my uncle had two. And you know, again, I'd heard about the, some of this crazy stuff, but uh, I didn't believe any of it until it happened to my family. And uh, it's interesting, people always ask me, why would God do something like that when there's starving children in Africa? It's like the number one thing I get. Well, I don't know. All I know is that that was the single event that ultimately led to the complete restoration of their marriage. So I don't know why he did it. All I can see is the fruit of it. And I don't think the devil is into, like, restoring marriage. So I don't think it was actually the devil who did it. Why God does it, I still don't know. And I'm fine with not knowing. But, um, but yeah, so all this stuff is happening. And my, my family became, I call them conference junkies. And uh, every two months or so, they'd go to another conference and come back with even crazier stories. I heard about some lady named Heidi Baker um, uh, living in the dirt. And uh, I remember uh, some guy named Bill Johnson and, you know, all these people that I thought, I'm like, who the heck are these guys? But, uh, you know, I just, I was, I did not want anything to do with any of this. And so uh, in about, in 2005, I, I got my first case of, case of, uh, of writer's block. Well, I'm kind of a, a production junkie, so I always need to be working on something. And I'm always just creating. I'm just a creator. And, um, but this is the first time that I had actually, like, I, I had no more ideas. I was, the well was dry. And um, I remember my wife saying to me once, she was reading some book about hearing God's voice, and she's like, well, have you ever asked, thought about asking God for an idea? And I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> what a, that's what uncreative people do, right? <laughs> I was like, I just, I couldn't, I didn't want to be that guy, you know? Like, God gave me this idea, and it's like a terrible idea, you know? Um, I remember, like, in, in my church, <laughs> I'm getting off. I, I have to re reel this in. I could go on and on. Um, in my church, they always had, during um, the offering, that's when they would let the people who weren't good enough to be on the worship team, like, display their gifts. And, I mean, nine times out of ten, man, they'd get up there and they'd be like, God wrote this song for me, and now I'm going to sing it for you. And it's, like, terrible. You know, and I'd just be out there like, either God's a terrible songwriter, or He didn't really give you that. But just keep those thoughts to myself. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, months go by, and I'm just getting so irritable. I got nothing, and uh, you have to understand, like. Before finger of God, everything I ever tried to do creatively failed, like miserably. But um, I just, I, I, I just, I had nothing left. I had nothing inside of me. And so I remember one night I went to bed, and I was just so frustrated, and I was staring at the ceiling, and I, I prayed the least religious prayer of my entire life. I just said, God, if you have an idea, I guess I'll take it. And I kid you not, within three minutes, an idea exploded in my head. And it was the ultimate, it was the opening idea for a movie called Finger of God. 
problem was, um, there were a lot of problems with this idea. I knew, it was, I knew it was from the Lord because I would never have dreamed this thing up. But um, there's a couple problems. One, it was a movie. I didn't make movies. I was a writer. I wasn't a filmmaker. Um, it would require money, of which I had none. Um, it was super, like, Christian. And I'm like, if I'm going to make a movie, I want to make it like a real movie. Well, not a Christian movie. Uh, it was a documentary. Again, I'd like to make a real movie. Um, it required knowing people, of whom I knew none. Um, but yeah, so, so I, remember, I, just, I remember seeing it and thinking, you know what, I know this is from the Lord, uh, but I, I'm not going to do this. Someday when I'm truly successful, uh, I'll come back and this will be my, like, my love offering to God. And, and um, so I just put it up on a shelf and I was, yes, I, I kind of went my, on my own way and, and just you know, kept trying to come up with my own ideas. Uh, so fast forward um, about four or five months, May of 2006, my wife comes to me, she says, uh, uh, hey, sweetie. I was like, what do you want? What are you, what are you going to ask for? Because you don't ever say that unless there's something that's going to be asked for. Uh, she's like, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry. I just, I want you to, um, to go to a conference with me. And I'm like, no. She says, no, it's going to be great. It's in Toronto. <laughs> Double no. No, 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 you don't understand. It's a prophetic conference. Triple no. That's where all the crazy people go. So, but she was, she was so desperate to wake up her, hus- her dead husband that she said, listen, I'll make you a deal. If you go to this one conference, this one time with me, I will never ask you to go to another conference with me again. All right, let's rip it off like a Band-Aid. Let's do this. So uh, I went to the conference. My whole family went. Uh, and it was as bad as I predicted. Um, it was just total charismania, just the twirling, the dancing, the laughing, fire tunnels. Um, some of you may know what I'm talking about. The rest of you are like probably the way I was feeling at the same time. But um, it was funny because every night they would like do ministry time. And uh, I, remember, like, I remember thinking, well, I'll, I'll go do this. I'm like, I'll go get my fortune told. Like, that's, that's how I viewed the prophetic. Like, you tell me my fortune. So, um, in Toronto back in those days, they had these lines on the floor. And you have, everybody have to line up on a line, right? And I remember thinking, like, finally, a little order. This is nice. This is like, I'm comfortable here. And then they would release the ministry team, which was, uh, the ministry team was their, their school of ministry students. And they were all, like, super young. And they were, like, very excited to prophesy. And so they would, like, just run out and just be, like, just geeked to, like, prophesy over you. But they're all, like, 18, and I'm, like, where are the adults? You know, I'm, like, can I get, can I, where, I, I want varsity. I don't want, I don't want JV. Right? Like, these are, like, my students. Like, I, uh. But, and then they would pray, and everybody's just, like, they're just plowing through people. Right? Just everybody's falling down. I'm, like, the last one standing. Like, it's just death all around. It's like, I'm like war horse, you know, just like. <laughs> and, you know, but of course, I would take the, this position. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going down, bro. I'm going to have to be thrown back before I'm going down. <laughs> 
But every night, I saw two, two separate people would prophesy over me every night and for, three, for three nights. So it's six different prayers. All of them prayed the same thing. Three nights in a row. They all prayed some iteration of there's something on the shelf that's gathering dust and God wants you to take it down and run with it. And all six of them ended their prayer with, and you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes, I think so. But of course, that wasn't quite enough for me. Um, I had my, my uh, ace in the hole evangelical uh, get out of jail free card because you know it was six, six, six prayers that are all the same. That's pretty good. But uh, I need a little bit more confirmation. Give me this. Give me some. Give me the number. Number seven's a good number, right? It's seven. So it was the last night of the conference, and if you've ever been to these big crazy conferences, uh, that's when everybody just goes bananas because they're like, "I'm never going to see these people again. I'm going to like truly be who I am," and it's just it's 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 something else, and uh, so they're just going crazy, and I'm like, "This is nuts," and. Uh, there's a, one of the, the speakers there is a, is a prophet. He's since died. His name was Bob Jones. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Bob was great. Bob was great. But I didn't know who he was, and I thought he was super weird. Um, and I remember him. He got up on stage, and he interrupted worship, which I thought was really rude. Um, but he went up to the microphone, and this is exactly what came out of his mouth. I just want you all to know that an angel has entered the building. And his name is Breakthrough. And he's come here from Nigeria where he's been for the last two years. And he's brought a whole bunch of his angel buddies with him. And he's going to be traveling around North America for the next two years looking for hearts that are turned to the Lord. So we're just going to keep on praising Jesus and let Breakthrough and his buddies do whatever they want to do. Thank you very much. Click. And he walks off the stage. 3,000 people erupt. Breakthrough is here. Like drums. Like it's just like, it's on, right? People are stoked that breakthrough is in the room. And I remember being in the back, which is where all good skeptics live. And I was like, okay, I am officially the last person in this room with a brain. Like this is, we don't vet the prophets anymore. Like it's, you just said it, so it must be true. And I was just like, okay, this is, this is, just get me out of here. Let me go home. So after about five, I remember I decided, I'm like, you know what, Lord, I'm going to just worship you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be the one good Christian here. I'm going to do things the way I know you want them to be done. So I just close my eyes and I'm going to just, I'm going to praise you. And uh, after about five minutes, um, somebody walked right past me, really close. And I had, already, I had separated myself from this pack because I didn't want to be, like, jostled. And I thought, I'm like, man, who is, like, you're, I'm, I'm, there's nobody around me, and, like, you're getting this close. And so I just opened my eyes, and there was nobody there. So then I closed my eyes again, and that's when I see him. Um... All, the only way I can describe it, I could only see him with my eyes closed, but he was about two inches taller than me, and I saw the perfect outline of a man. And his, uh, his, his arms were at his side, his, his 
fists were clenched, and he was vibrating with energy. And I remember, like, I, I would open my eyes, there's nothing there. I close my eyes, and there's this man. And, but I could feel him. And, like, I, I, I didn't even get, like, a static shock from carpet in church. Like, I don't ever feel anything in church. But I'm feeling this intensity. And I remember thinking, like, I don't know what this thing is, but it, whatever it is, it wants to break through a wall or something. And as soon as I had that thought, I remembered old dude. And I'm like, and I, it was just a moment where you realize dude was telling the truth. And I knew like I've known anything that breakthrough, an angel named breakthrough is standing right in front of me. Now at this point, I have no idea what to do. I don't know angel etiquette. I don't know who speaks first in this relationship. I don't know how to react. All I know is that I'm freaked out and that's what other people in the Bible were like. So that's, I guess, a check. And all of a sudden, he speaks to me, and he said, are you ready? I have no idea what he's talking about, but I just said yes, because I knew enough to know. And he said again, are you ready? I said, yes. Third time, I see his hands go up, and I'm like, he's grabbing my head. And he screams in my face, are you ready? And I said, yes, ready for what? What are you talking about? And he just smoldered at me for like 10 seconds, and then he finally said, make that movie and he drifted away so I, I'm running out of time I gotta, I gotta wrap this thing up I, this, I could tell you this, there's so much more to this story but I come out of this thing I'm white as a ghost I turn to my family I'm like uh, something just happened I need to go be by myself for a minute and so I went up um to the balcony, and I, I was all alone, and I, and I remember I, I sat down on the floor, and I was a scared, like, I wasn't the judgmental jerk that I had been. I was a scared little eight-year-old eight boy. And I just remember praying, God, I don't know what, what's happening. What are you doing to me? And instantly, he gave me the first vision of my entire life. And it, was a, it, was, it came up like a movie screen, and it was a, it was a, a picture of a father and a son in a field of wheat uh, with baseball gloves. It was actually the end of The Natural, if you've ever seen that movie with Robert Redford. So this thing comes up, and nobody ever knew that my greatest memory as a kid was playing catch with my dad. Because my dad was an artist, and so he had a, a studio in, our, in his garage. And so every day I'd go out, and like, Dad, can we play catch? And no matter what he was doing, where he was in making a pot, uh, he'd, he'd stop. And sure, let's go. And to me, it was, like, it was the height. It's the picture of childhood for me. you know. And um, so I'm seeing this picture, and then the God of the universe spoke to me and um, he said he just said one line but it changed my life forever all he said was do you want to play catch and he threw me the ball and for 15 minutes not a word was spoken between us and I just watched the scene of us playing catch and I was a puddle on the floor I was bawling my eyes out and it was the first time in my life where I started to get a glimpse of, of what the father's heart for me actually was compared to what I thought that it was. And I, and I started to realize he doesn't, he doesn't want anything from me. He just wants to hang out. And um, I remember as soon as the, the vision kind of faded after 15 minutes, and then the Lord just asked me, he's like, will you make it for them? Will you make it to show my people how much I love them? 
And I'm like, God, I don't know how a movie's going to do that, but I'll, at this point, I'm yours. I'll do whatever, anything you want me to do. Um, and two weeks later, I was sitting in front of a man named Bill Johnson from first interview of my entire life. And again, it's a long story, but um, went on the, I've been on this crazy journey now for 12 years, traveling the world, trying to film a God who's invisible. And uh, we've worked through a lot together. And uh, it's funny, I was, I was working on my book, Finding God in the Bible, and I was still dealing with this Abraham story. And I just couldn't quite figure it out. And, um, and I remember I was like, I was, I was finished with everything else of the book except for this story. And I was just praying. I'm like, God, I still don't, like, I get it. I kind of get it. But, like, at the same time, it's so, it's still so, like, twisted. And I still just feel like you're kind of mean to Abraham. And he finally, like, he spoke to me. And it was, it was kind of terrifying because he said, what is your problem? exactly like that and it was like it wasn't like nice and cuddly it was like what the heck is wrong with you and I remember I was taken aback because at this point I could, I could hear the I, I, I knew what the father's voice sounded like but I said I'm, I, just, I just don't understand like it just seems mean and that's when he said it's, it's nothing more than I asked of myself and I actually went through with it he says, you're freaking out about three days. I had 30 years with my boy, knowing what was coming at the end, knowing that I'm the one who had to do it. The scripture tells us it pleased the father to crush the son. Why? Because he's sadistic? No. Because that means he gets you back. This is the father. This is the heart of our father. God's not calling you to follow a religion. Lord knows we don't need any more religion. He's calling you into friendship. And even when we say things like, you know, I would still struggle with, yeah, okay, but like, you're my friends if you do what I tell you to do. Well, what does that actually mean? Why is it, why does he set it up? Why is obedience such a big deal to him? And I've learned over the last few years that obedience is everything to the God because obedience, ultimately, what we're talking about is faith. But what is faith really at the end of the day? At the end of the day, faith is trust. And it's, it's very possible to love somebody, but you don't trust them very much. And what he's calling us to is a place where we trust him in all things. It doesn't stop there. It has to, it's a two-way street. Friendship, friendship's a two-way street. We just think it's about us overcoming our issues so we can fully trust him. But it goes two ways. You have to give him a reason to trust you. See, he loves everybody. That, that's like his love for everybody is overflowing. Trust is earned. Um, and there's different levels of friendship with the Father. And if you want, like he doesn't, he's not friends with everybody the same way. And if you need scripture to prove it, Jesus had best friends. Jesus had three guys that he rolled with tight. Anytime anything big happened in his life, he, he, he had 12 disciples, he pulled three. Peter, James, and John, you three come with me. 
because there was boys. James was family. Jesus values the family. John was the one that loved Jesus the most and that Jesus loved. And John gets, the, the, the assignment John gets is the, is the assignment that's closest to Jesus' heart. Take care of my mom. But Peter, Peter's the one Jesus trusted the most. And to him, he gave the very keys to the kingdom. He gave him the responsibility. Can I trust you? But I don't know about you. My goal in life, I want to be best friends with Jesus. I want to be best, best friends with God. But to do that, we got to trust him. So here's what we're going to do. I'm out of time, like way out of time. I apologize for going over. Um, so we're, we're going to make this short and sweet. Um, if you need breakthrough in your life, if you need breakthrough, this is not physical breakthrough. Um, this is for those of you who you want breakthrough for the, your thought patterns towards the Father, towards God. And you're like, you're sick of like, of this dance, because it's exhausting. I don't, trust me, I know. Of like, I want I want to serve you, but like, oh, I'm so scared of you, right? Um, if you just want breakthrough to be able to go to a deeper place of trust, just stand up and let me just pray for you really quick. Let's just get this thing over with, man. Like, it doesn't have to be like this. It's so, I'm not going to say it's silly because it's real, but I lived it for 30 years. telling you guys it's an epidemic it's, it's it's not your fault the devil doesn't play fair that's why I've made it my life's work to make him as uncomfortable as possible so just close your eyes and just whatever whatever your posture of receiving is take it but Heavenly Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you are good. Always. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that the dreams and the, de the desires that you've placed in our heart were placed there by you. But Father, we got a, a bunch of your kids right now. God, we want to trust you. We want to trust you in everything. We want to trust you for our marriage, for our business, for our friendships, for our kids, for all the situations in life, God, where it's, it seems so hard. But Father, I thank you that your breakthrough angels are already here. And God, I release them now in the name of Jesus by your Holy Spirit to move and to do what they've come here to do. And God, I speak breakthrough over every mind, breakthrough over every heart. Breakthrough, Father. Breakthrough the thoughts that we have that are not true. That you actually are a good dad. And yeah, you wanna take everything but you want to take it so that you can give something back to us that's a thousand times better. 
You are not out to harm us. You don't just want your way. You give us total freedom to make whatever decisions we want to make. Father, it's time for us to start taking a step towards you. Say, okay, what do you want me to do? And I ask for ears to hear, for eyes to see, for hearts to understand. And a peace that passes all understanding. Walk with us, Father. Let this be the first day of what is soon to become a beautiful friendship. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Get your jackets on. <laughs> uh, you are released. I want to just say, if, uh, again, we have buckets in the back. We want to bless Darren and the ministry that they're doing. Uh, Lord's calling them into actually some new things uh, in this next season. And so we want to just pour into that as well. But also we're going to have ministry teams up here. If you want additional breakthrough in any area or if you need healing, uh, come forward. We'd love just to pray for you and bless you. And uh, we love you. Have an awesome week. And don't forget, 6 o'clock tonight, be back here at 6 o'clock. If you have not reserved your seat, please get online and do so. There are some seats left. I don't know where we're at, but there's, there's seats left. There's 100 and something seats left. So, uh, so get your seats. <laughs> love you guys. Have an awesome week.